0: Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get things going. When I was a kid, I had a favorite children's book. The book was called The Paper Bag Princess, and it was written by Robert Munch and illustrated by Michael Marchenko. I loved it so much, partially because the main character, the paper bag princess, was named Elizabeth. And I had a natural affinity to that. And particularly because she was so sassy and clever and she became very self-assured, which I loved. She, in the book... She is meant to marry a prince, but then a dragon burns down her castle and everything in it, including all of her clothes, and carries off her prince to the dragon's lair, leaving Elizabeth with only a paper bag to wear as she goes to rescue him. Through some clever trickery, she defeats the dragon without any violence and rescues the prince, who tells her, when she gets there, that she is too dirty and to please come back when she looks more like a real princess. She tells him that he looks like a prince, but then she calls him a bum and leaves, And I suppose my life started with some early literature about self-respect and not judging based on appearances, but, like, I loved it. I love how sassy the princess was and how she defeated the dragon with her wits, not violence, and I just, I loved the paper bag. Growing up as a child, paper bags opened a world of imagination beyond a substitute for a lunchbox, which, like, I never had a proper lunchbox. I mean, I'm sure that I did at one point, but, like, just never did. Paper bags became puppets for playthings, friends for playtime, and dragons for storytelling. More than just holding sandwiches and bananas or getting a message from your mom, paper bag lunches from school also often meant that you were going on a field trip when I was a kid. So let's take a moment to talk about a few reasons we can be thankful for paper bags. Paper bags are usually made of craft paper. In 1851, Francis Wool invented a machine to mass-produce paper bags. Wool was a school teacher at the time and later founded the Union Paper Bag Company with his brother. Years later, in 1871, Margaret E. Knight invented and patented a machine that created the flat-bottomed paper bag. This is the type of bag that is most commonly used for sack lunches. Before that, uh, the bags were a bit more envelope-shaped, which made them a little tricky to manage for things like lunches and and just actually a number of other issues. So these flat-bottomed paper bags have been used for sack lunches, grocery bags, all sorts of stuff. Knight has gained the title of the most famous female inventor of the 19th century. So let's take a second to learn a little bit more about her before we move on. At the time of her invention, she was actually working in a paper bag company. She founded her own company later that was called the Eastern Paper Bag Company in 1870. Knight was born in 1838 in Maine and later moved to New Hampshire after her father died. Raised by her single mother, Knight, or Maddie, as her family called her, was already a budding inventor, with her first invention being created at the age of 12. She was intently keen on learning how to use tools and make things, including kites and sleds for her brothers. In her late teens, Knight visited a textile shop that her brothers worked in and witnessed a problem with one of the machines. A loom malfunctioned, resulting in a shutter falling loose and hitting a worker. Knight decided to solve the problem by creating a machine that shut down when something went wrong and so protected all of the workers. She was in her late teens at the time. Later, when working in a paper bag company, as we already mentioned, she saw the weak paper bags and came up with a machine to create better bags. She tried to patent the idea, but Charles F. Anand took the idea from her and went and tried to patent a similar idea. They fought over it for days until finally, at the age of 32, and after spending an enormous sum of money, Knight won back the right to her patent and was awarded the patent for her invention. Throughout her life, Knight received 87 patents, including things like a dress and skirt shield, a shoe-cutting device, a rotary engine, a spit, a numbers machine, a window frame and sash, and more. In her obituary, she was called a Woman Edison, although she never made much of a profit from her inventions. Part of the reason she was dismissed so often was for, well, first off, being a woman in her time, and another part was that she had little formal education and was not wealthy she was largely self-taught now later variants on the paper bags continued as in 1881 charles stillwell patented a machine that manufactured square bottomed bags with pleated sides making them easier to fold for storage paper bags got their handles and became stronger strong enough to carry 75 pounds of contents in 1912 With Walter Doibner's paper bags. Doibner was a grocer from Minnesota and by 1915 his bags also called Doibner shopping bags sold at 1 million per year. Most grocery stores have since adopted the paper bag with handles. The largest paper bag ever created was actually in 2015 in the United Kingdom and holds the Guinness World Record. Although Plastic or water-resistant coatings on paper bags can make recycling them more difficult. Overall, paper bags are easily recyclable. Some of these types of coated paper bags, particularly multi-layer bags, are used in shipping containers and are meant to protect from water, insects, or rodents, and these sacks are used to transport fertilizer, animal feed, sand, dry chemicals, flour, and cement. Paper bags have also taken on a few extra meanings throughout US history beyond just a means to transport materials. For example, the term brown bagging or the term brown baggers can refer to a number of different practices either referring to the working middle class as brown bags went on to replace lunch pails it referred at one point to those who were on low sodium or vegetarian or kosher diets and at another point it referred to people who brought their own alcohol into restaurants as these people would typically bring their drink or bring or drink their alcohol from a brown paper bag Another few fun facts about paper bags. Uh, Most paper bags can actually handle more pressure or weight than plastic bags. They pose less of a suffocation risk to children, particularly when compared to plastic bags, and they are more recyclable than plastic bags, as we already mentioned. So let's talk a little bit about plastic bags. I don't know about you, but we have a collection of plastic bags at our home that we reuse over and over and over again, typically for things like garbage bags. We learned from our grandparents at one point, however, how to make a soccer ball from plastic bags uh, using just stuffed plastic bags and rubber bands. They learned this cool trick while they were living in Africa. Plastic bags are created at an astounding rate, at about one trillion with a T per year around the world. So how did all of this get started? That's a huge industry. Well, it turns out that it was started somewhat on accident in 1933 in Norwich, England, polythylene was created by accident. This was the first case of polythylene that could be more mass-produced. During World War II, the British military used the new material in secret. The United States military also used plastic during World War II in planes. They used it as an insulating material which allowed them to put radar in planes for the first time. Here too, plastic was a closely guarded secret. In 1953, Carl Ziegler invented HDPE plastic, which is a type that is very strong, moldable, and light. Carl Ziegler received the Nobel Peace Prize in chemistry for his invention in 1965. When it comes to shopping bags, however, existing as one continuous piece of plastic, this was invented by Swedish inventor Sten Gustav Tholen in 1965. Tholen was an engineer. The patent for the shopping bag belongs to the Swedish company, Celloplast. The invention spread like wildfire throughout Europe, until by 1979, plastic shopping bags had replaced cloth bags by about 80% saturation. In 1979, they were introduced to the United States. Part of the sales pitch was that plastic bags were reusable and better than paper. In 1982, Grocery store chains in the United States, Kroger and Safeway, replaced their bags with plastic. This was a huge change and really turned the tide towards plastic. So that by the end of the 1980s, plastic bags had come to replace most paper bag usage worldwide. Part of the reason plastic rose to particular popularity so quickly was because, on the one hand, they were much stronger and easier to carry and manage than paper bags in some cases. And then on the other hand, they were also much cheaper to manufacture. In 1997, Charles Moore, who was a researcher and a sailor, discovered the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. This was the largest garbage patch of accumulated plastics floating in the ocean. Plastic bags in particular are of great danger to sea turtles who see them and think they're jellyfish and try to eat them. And what's kind of an awful fact about this is they'll eat them and then after the sea turtle dies and its body returns to the earth, Uh, the plastic bag is still there and floats again for like a second life. Kind of crazy. Later in 2002, Bangladesh put a ban on thin plastic bags. This came about because the bags had created a significant problem by blocking drainage systems during severe flooding. Many other countries followed suit thereafter. As of 2011, 1 million plastic bags are consumed worldwide, and in 2017, Kenya also banned the use of plastic bags. So the question has been paper or plastic. And there are arguments that both are harmful to the environment. With paper bags taking up to 100 years to decompose, and even then they emit a lot of carbon monoxide in the process, plastic bags, on the other hand, can take up to 1,000 years to decompose. However, according to a study by the Canadian government, there are some ways that lightweight plastic bags are environmentally friendly in that they cost little energy to produce and can be reused as garbage bags or garbage liners. Studies from the UK and Denmark reported similar findings. Some solutions to the plastic bag problem have included more biodegradable bags. And as it turns out, plastic bags are in fact recyclable, so you just have to take them to the right place to recycle them. Some places that accept them are like grocery stores. In the beginning, there were a lot of positive things that came from using paper or plastic. Both have made it easier to transport larger goods, feed for livestock, and more. Paper bags have been incredibly useful. And with plastic, life became easier, from radar and planes to pastry bags, evidence bags, and making it that much easier to carry home all of your groceries in one go, of course, because nobody ever returns (laughs) to take their groceries in more than one go. And now we're seeing many hefty consequences, unfortunately. So it is time to innovate yet again. This whole journey has been filled with innovation, from innovating on the paper bag to plastic, and now we can continue to innovate to new and better solutions. So we have a few reasons to be grateful for paper bags and plastic bags, as well as a few places we can improve. Are they the only solution or even the best solution? No, of course not. Paper bag and cloth bags costs a lot of energy up front to produce and while plastic costs little energy to produce it does have negative effects afterwards so there are pros and cons on all sides so we're still working on a solution but we can be grateful for the good things in the meantime as we work toward those new solutions so in the end I'm still grateful for paper bags for providing excellent memories of lunchtime meals on field trips at school and for teaching me how to defeat dragons and have a little bit more self-respect Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful week.